it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. I am your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. It is a pleasure to have you with us. We appreciate you taking some of your time off on Sunday night to hang out with us. I think you're going to be very pleased you did so. We're going to make it well worth your while. Hey, coming up uh, on the show tonight, John Campbell, director of the 2017 Yellowtail Derby. He'll be with us to update us with the leaderboard. There has been a change. You're going to want to find out all about it. My in-studio guest tonight here in San Diego is Chad Gerlich. He's the owner of Hookup Baits. We're going to talk a little bit about using Hookup Baits We're going to congratulate him, too, because he had a tournament victory this past Saturday we're going to want to talk about. But also with the Yellowtail Derby in full swing and the tuna and the Yellowtail out there, we want to talk about how best to use hookup baits in the offshore situation. So Chad will be with us all during the show to talk about that. Frank Ersetti will be with us from the... uh, uh, H&M Landing, he's going to talk about his recent trip to Alaska and update us on local fishing conditions off our Southern California coast. And then in the second hour, we're going to have the Deputy Director for the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways, Lynn Sadler. She's going to be with us. We're going to talk about this new California boating card that's coming on out, the safety courses that are going to be required to get that card. We're going to talk about some of the things that the department funds, including the launch ramp here at Shelter Island. You're going to want to know about that. And then just in case you think that's the end of the show, no, it's not going to be. Captain Kirk from Sure Strike Lodge out of Craig, Alaska is going to be with us. So Captain Kirk, we're going to talk all about fishing Alaska at Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. But before any of this gets underway... Let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First, this gentleman is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater angler in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing, sir? Well, good evening, John. I'm doing well. I spent my day helping Shay McEntee with Stoked on Fishing get ready to take a group of uh, warriors out on the ocean down in the El Dorado tomorrow morning, so... Or tonight, actually, it's going to be, they're going to do a, an overnight or a bunch of guys that uh, uh, never or don't know how to fish. Only a few of them have been fishing before. So 
it'll be an interesting show to watch as trying to help them get uh, get stuff ready and <clears throat> deliver some products to them to take out in the water some real speed and a crying towel for the yellowtail that they're going to use lose to the seals and and uh, hooks from VMC. So they're ready to rock. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great time for them to go out to stand. What a, what a great effort that's going to be. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing how they uh, did uh, next week. And maybe we'll get uh, Butch Diaz or one of those guys here to talk about it. Maybe even Shane itself because, you know, that'll be a great adventure for them. Yeah, it's called Save the Brave. It's an organization that 100% of the money or anything that comes in goes right back out to the guys, which is pretty cool. All right. Hey, let me introduce our listening audience to my other co-host. She is the National Sales Manager for Iserline, represents many other fine products in the fishing industry. She is also an expert fishing and hunting expert in her own right. That's Ms. Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, howdy. Howdy. I've been doing nothing but housework and repairing screens and replacing the screens and Oh, I got a new hat I wear. The joy of home ownership. You know, yeah. Well, not only that, uh, I mean, you know, here uh, uh, fishermen have to do that every once in a while, and and you can't do it when the weather's bad. You can't go fishing. You can't do that. So when the weather gets good, what do you have to do? You have to dedicate that to the things around the house. So I know the job's going to get done. (laughs) Yes. I'm the only one who can do it. Hey, guys, let me introduce you and our listening audience to our first guest. He happens to be with me here in the Palatial Anglers Arsenal Studios in La Mesa. He is the owner of Hookup Baits. Pretty darn good fisherman, too, Mr. Chad Derelick. Chad, welcome to the show, guy. Hey, good evening. It's, uh, glad to be on the radio with you guys again. Uh, Stan, Wendy, and, and John. Yeah, you guys are great. good deal, bud. Hey, you know, we uh, we were going. I wanted to get you on because we're right in the middle of yellowtail and tuna that are out there. But I first needed to congratulate you because I think you you have a pretty great achievement in winning your second consecutive saltwater event with the saltwater bass anglers. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That's uh, we're two for two in the San Diego saltwater bass series. Well, so tell us nice. a little bit. <laughs> tell us a little bit how that went for you. Um, well, we, you know, it's I like fishing San Diego waters for bass. That's my thing. It's and this is my backyard, so you, you know, it's what I do around here. So I know the bass, I know the structure spots. You know, and the hookup baits on structure spots is just you know it's going to be money every time. And uh, you know, basically just stuck with our game plan. Made, you went out fishing Thursday and uh, caught some really nice bass, and then the yellowtail interrupted us, and we. It went and chased yellowtail for majority of the day, but I already figured out. Oh, I hate when that out. happens. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yeah, I had a good game plan on Thursday after, you know, catching some nice bass and went out, hit the game plan, and it worked like a charm. And, yeah, we, we won by quite a, you know, a few pounds. So, Well, let, let's talk a little bit about hookup baits, you know, because uh, it's funny. We sell them here at Angler's Arsenal in the shop. We sell them at a pretty good clip, and thank you very much for supplying those uh, mm-hmm. uh, to us. And it's amazing how many times I get fishermen that come in, they look at this and they go, hey, is this a, a new bait on the market, kind of like an overnight sensation type of thing? And many people are very surprised to hear that, now hookup baits have been around for a little while, started off rather modestly a couple of years ago. Tell us a little bit about 
the evolution of hookup baits and how they started out. Yeah, we're coming up on a, just a little bit over a year and a half now. Um, so, I mean, we are relatively new, new, but the growth of them has been incredible. I mean, I don't know any other new bait company that grew as fast as we did. Um, but and that's basically because they work so well. You know, and, you know the and the best advertisement you get is from other people catching fish on it, not me. And we get a ton of that. You know, everybody that uses them raves about them, and that price sells more and and is, adds to our growth more than anything else, really. Um, and and it is, and it's different. You know, especially for saltwater fishing. You know, two baits in the ocean wasn't really known as a ocean lure. You know, that's a freshwater bass, you know, crawdad bed kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, I just kind of modernized it to work in the ocean, and it works for bass in the ocean just as well as two baits ever did it for freshwater bass. But then also we catch yelltail and tuna, and, I mean, I hooked a thresher shark on one two weeks ago, you know, so everything eats them, really. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh Gary Garland came out with a tour tube a few years ago, and a lot of the bass fishermen, striper fishermen, use the tour tube today. But the tour tube was originally meant to be a saltwater lure, Mm -hmm. and it worked great in saltwater. The thing was, is it didn't hold up worth a darn. Mm -hmm. And so guys are going, heck, I go out and I pay a couple of bucks each for a tour tube, and I got a bait that doesn't hold up. Uh, uh, I'll use it more for the freshwater where. I'm looking for the, that one or two really good bites in saltwater. But one of the things that you've come up with with the hookup baits is not only does it work in saltwater, and it works in freshwater, and oh, we'll yeah. talk about that too, but it also it has some longevity to it as, as opposed to some of the other softer baits. Yeah, it's, it's the, you know, with all the research and development I did with, you know, when making and designing these baits, the type of head I use in it, and then you know buying the highest quality plastic is also a huge thing. Um, and then the cut itself is not as um, fragile as a original two bait cut it would be. You know, you only have one slit instead of you know hundreds of slit on the main body, and it just it makes it durable. I mean, it's, it just comes down to it. It's just a combination of the whole design makes it very durable. You know, when we're bass fishing, we average probably around 8 to 12 bass per bait before we switch bait, you know, so that's for a plastic bait, that's just incredible, and you fish a knob tail, you're lucky if you get 3 bass on one knob tail you know, kind of thing, so. Yeah, especially with uh, calico bass, sand bass, and then you're usually also fishing where they're sculping, and even lizard fish, and things like that, toothy characters oh. that can rip up a bait in a hurry, uh, the hookup bait has some legs to it where you can fish it over and over and over again. Yeah, just like I was saying when the, the other day when the zealotail came running around, well, they're also loaded with barracuda. We're catching barracuda pretty much every cast when we're fishing for the yellowtail. And surprisingly, you know, when we're catching that many barracuda, we're able to see three to five barracuda per bait. You know, I mean, that's, you know, as toothy as they come. So actually, barracuda weren't really tearing them up too bad. I mean, uh, Bonita are probably the worst in our waters, Benita will, you know, you're lucky if you get two or three Benita on one. You know, I, I, I was really impressed with the, the bait when I first, you know, found out about it, but I, I thought it was a very limited bait because I saw it being fished for the trout programs mm-hmm. here in Southern California. Oh, our yeah. trout are here in a, a put-and-take program, and you were uh, making a lure that was fairly light that was used by the trout fishermen, but... Unlike uh, 
crypto baits or some of the other things in there, the hookup baits for trout were just ripping the trout up. Oh, yeah. A new you-know-what to at a pace that none of the other baits were. Yeah, I mean, that's my original, I mean, I've been a trout fisherman, two bait trout fisherman since I was a kid, you know, basically, and pro staffing for many different companies through the, you know, 30 plus years of fishing two baits, and it's all mainly been trout, um, and I would, I for years I knew they would work just as good in the salt, but just never, nobody, wait, kind of waiting around for someone to make one big enough to use in the salt, and uh, got tired of waiting and made one myself, and yeah, and they catch trout just as fast as they catch saltwater bass. You know, just everything eats them pretty much the same. Well, you know, the bass fishing thing happened with, with uh, Bobby Garland when he came out with the Gets It way back when. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I got the chance to ride with him several times in the, in the tournament series back when, and when he first came out with it, I thought, that's pretty stupid. You know, what are you going to do with that thing? And he throws it out there, and every fish in the cove was racing to get to the to this thing as it sank, mm-hmm. which was pretty impressive right off the bat. There yeah. was a guy that made a little bigger one that uh, came out a little later on, a copy that gets it, and and we found that we tried to use them on the breakwater first. They worked pretty good. And what really came into play is when the two baits like this came into play when the sand bass suspend, when the tide goes out, mm-hmm. man, oh, man, what a great tool. Um, and it, when the calicos are off the kelp and whatever else, get, you can throw that tube bait out there in that slow sink where it, it does that slow round uh, kind of a trek downward. It, it's a very big fish attractor. Yes. Um, and it catches everything out there, like you're saying, barracuda and the bonita, anything elite that tube. Uh, that's a great bait. Well, you know, uh, Stan, and this is the uh, thing about the hookup bait. <clears throat> I think it is more of a of a technique type of bait where you really get bit much rather than uh, you know everyone says you know color is important size is important and everything and yeah that has a certain amount to do to it but it is really a technique specific bait like the uh, uh, the getsits and everything like that where this bait really shines would you agree with that Chad I absolutely agree I mean and what is that technique. It's uh well that's most the biggest problem I get from people that buy them and don't catch fish with them and most of them are big swim bait users you know knob tail swim bait type users and they fish it like a swim bait you'll catch fish with using it that technique but that's not the prime technique to use with it um, and like I said you know our lo- our slogan is don't blink on the sink because eighty percent right. of your eighty percent of your bites yep. are going to be coming on that drop. Um, and really, the technique to it—if you ever went out and fly line to sardine—that's the technique of using these baits. Really, <laughs> I mean, you want the line to be falling off the reels easily as possible. That's the spinning reel thing that you know I use all spinning reels because the line falls off the reel much easier than the casting reel to give that bait that natural float down. And that's when you're looking for your bite. You hit the bottom. You're gonna jig it off the bottom, get it up off the bottom 10, 20 feet. And fish that sink down again, and you'll repeat that until you're back at the boat, and then recast. And usually, uh, you're doing that. The boat is drifting, yes. so it isn't like you're hammering the same exact spot. The boat is covering some uh, uh, territory for you, yeah. and then as you are lifting that bait up, 
and letting it glide back down, you're in a, a completely different strike zone yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Depending on the drift, yeah, you're just you're gliding it down on the, your initial. The next time you glide it down, you're going to be ten, five to ten yards further. You know, then next time you let it glide down, you're going to be another five to fifteen yards. You know, so you're just hitting the bottom every ten yards or so apart. You know, when you're fishing structure, you ever watch fishing a fish tank? They sit around that structure. You just dropping it in front of their faces until one bites it, basically. They're, so how do you off. use it for your trout fishing? Um, it's a different technique. That's the thing. Is you, it's a, for whatever fish you're fishing for, you, there's different techniques. There's a trout technique. I have all this on my YouTube page. There's a trout technique. There's a bass technique that works for fresh and saltwater bass the same. And then what I call my yellowtail technique, which is your yellowtail, tuna, you know, barracuda, the, the topwater kind of fish. So... There is different. Uh, the trout technique is basically a, a cast. I'm, you know, obviously a lot lighter gear, four pound line. I give it a five to ten count, and it's a slow reel with the the steady bounce of the, your rod tip. And that's really you're not really fishing the sink for trout fishing. You know, uh, Stan, we're gonna have to set you up some of those because I believe there is a trip to the Eastern Sierras that <laughs> may be in your future here, not too uh, far from now. It is coming up here. Uh, what is it? The first week of June. We go up for the 33rd annual event uh, for FATIT, F-A-T-I-T, uh, finest annual trout invitational tournament, and you can't weigh in the fish unless it's over two and a half pounds. So I'm in. I'm ready. Well, you know, Stan, one of the things I have found with my experience in using the hookup baits, they catch big fish. So yes, uh, get ready for some action. Hey, <laughs> hey guys, we got to take a break right now. Chad will be with us for the entire show, so we'll uh, bounce in and out with Chad, and then he'll also be interjecting some of his thoughts with the guests that we have tonight. So we're going to take a break right now, but coming up in the next segment, Mr. John Campbell will be with us to update us on the leaderboard for the 2017 Yellowtail Derby. So, folks, stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, Chad, and myself will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. 
If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hi, I'm Chad, designer and owner of Hookup Baits. Hookup Baits jigs are the most realistic and effective jigs ever developed. The realistic action and looks of these jigs catch everything from crappie and trout to yellowtail and tuna and everything in between. In fact, in the last year, I have only thrown hookup baits and have caught close to 100 different species of fish. These jigs are so versatile and easy to use with eight different sizes and colors to match the hatch wherever you fish. You can fish them on top, you can fish them on the bottom, fast, slow, and even troll them. You can find these great jigs for fresh and saltwater fishing at hookupbaits.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, Wendy, Stan, Chad, and myself, we would like to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, Chad, did you recognize that guy doing that hookup bait commercial? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's what makes me laugh every time I listen to your I, show. <laughs> I don't know about his voice, though. we got to do something about that, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, now, it's time to bring on John Campbell, director of the 2017 Yellowtail Derby. John, have there been any updates in the leaderboard for the Yellowtail Derby? Yeah, yes, there has, John. Yeah, hey, I've got the... Uh, I got some information here for you. All right. Uh, you know, uh, even today, we've had some uh, some fish caught today as well. Uh, yesterday and today. All right. So, uh, yellowtail mostly. Um, the uh, Justin Larson, the junior, uh, the junior division, which we have a junior division. Uh, he caught a an eighteen pound, twelve ounce yellowtail out, out of the Coronados. And uh, then we have uh, uh, Jeremy Chapin. Uh, he's in the lead right now with the with the yellowtail. On the 19th, he, he got a 31 point, a 31 pound, nine and a half ounce uh, uh, yellowtail in La Jolla. 
And then uh, Jeremy Scott reported in today uh, with a 30-pound flat, no ounces, uh, in La Jolla as well. So we've got uh, we got three fish over 30 pounds in the yellowtail division. Wow. Wow. You know, John, isn't that a, a amazing with all the fish that are be ca- being caught off the kelps on the sports fishing boats and the ones that are being caught off the Coronado Islands uh, that have been, you know, just the bite there has been really good when the boats can, can get out there. The guys that are uh, recording the big fish are actually doing it uh, right off La Jolla, and it seems like maybe uh, the home guards are uh, are providing all the excitement right now. Yes, I, I really believe that. I think it is the home guard guys that they're uh, they've been they've been eating a lot of a lot of red crab and and other other bait stuff, and so. Uh, they just been getting fat all winter, and I know a couple fifty pounders actually were caught uh, in January or February. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I thought a forty-five or a fifty-pound yellowtail could win it this year because of that. Oh my gosh! Well, tell us about the other uh, categories now, because uh, this is the yellowtail derby. But over the years, you have expanded it out to white sea bass, halibut, and tuna. How are those divisions doing? Well. Uh, uh, we have a beautiful white sea bass, sixty-two point uh, or sixty-two nine. Wow, sixty-two pound nine ounce, uh, caught off La Jolla in a kayak by uh, Ryan Petty, and that was on May tenth. Uh, nobody has been able to catch. I was just talking to some guys that went out uh, yesterday uh, that were fishing for white sea bass, and just have not been able to catch them. Okay. Uh, so that's the only one we have on the books. I know people have been fishing for them. Uh, tuna. We've got one tuna. Uh, 105-pounder caught by Tony Liddell um, at the Coronados on the very first day of the tournament on the 29th of April on, a, on an open party boat, the Mission Bell, uh, at the Coronados, uh, dropped down a uh, Shimano flatfall uh, fishing for yellowtail, and it got inhaled by a bluefin tuna, 105 pounds. Wow. And that's the only tuna that's been caught. I mean, there was a flurry there for a while, and that's just kind of died off. You know, we have to we have to encourage, John, people that may not understand it. You have weekly prizes that you're giving away for entries, and then obviously there is more than just first place involved in each category. I've I've been, uh, uh, it's been my pleasure to help you with the award ceremony. And, man, there are some great gifts for second and third place. So we've got to encourage the anglers. Maybe just because you don't have a fish that is uh, heavy enough to get a first place prize, you never know where you might wind up. That's right. We have uh, have great, great prizes and a lot of great sponsors. And uh, generally... Uh, you're you're going to get uh, two or three or four times uh, the amount that you paid to enter uh, from the prizes. Plus, you have a great raffle. Uh, the raffle is only for en- people entered. There's no we don't get uh, we don't have cash. People coming in and buying tickets. Uh, it's only every every person gets a gets a ticket, and that way uh, most of the people, uh, even in the, in the uh, raffle. We'll get enough prizes, and we give away uh, bait and trips and this and that, so you could get a, a lot more than you you paid for your entry. 
Yeah, now, John, we have uh, one, one of the sponsors of your category here, Mr. Chad Gerlich from Hookup Baits. He's uh, sponsoring the halibut division. What's happening with that division, man? Uh, that needs uh, a little pumping up, I think. Well, I, uh, I threw out a, you know, a please, please catch some halibut, guys. I'm going to fill in that blank. <laughs> And, and I, caught, uh, I caught one for you, John, but I guess it was out of bounds. You were out of, out of <laughs> yeah, out of the territory. You caught a nice, nice little halibut, but it's about uh, uh, what 60, 60, 60 plus miles north it, of our is boundary. It just, <laughs> is it just uh, San Diego County? Is that the yeah? Where, the, what the, what are the areas? The the uh, northern area is the Orange County line. Okay. So it's 50, 50 miles west of the point. 50 miles south of the point in the Orange County line. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, John, we also want uh, people to know is just because they have not yet entered the Yellowtail Derby doesn't mean that they cannot be a part of it still because this thing is going on until June the 4th, Sunday. So uh, there's still time to go out there and catch a fish. That's right. Two more weeks and uh, two more weekends. So uh, there's plenty of time. Uh, during the past uh, nine, eight years, we've had people enter in the last three days of the tournament, go out once, and win it. So it's nice. luck, of the, luck of the draw type deal, but uh, it, it happens. And you can enter any time. Best place to go is go online and enter. Um, and we've got... Uh, Lots of categories and lots of prizes. So we have got a lot of good sponsors. You can see all the sponsors if you go online or, or you get an email from me with all the sponsors' names. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a lot of fun, and uh, people can really get into it. Yeah, just go to yellowtailderby.com. There you can get the latest results. You can get the rules. You can get the schedule, uh, when the prizes are going to be awarded, where the uh, award ceremony is going to be. Uh, and then also you can get the form to be filled out to make sure that your fish is uh, properly uh, uh, certified to be entered into the Yellowtail Derby. So, John, I think now with this good weather ahead of us, man, Annie bar the door, it's going to be one heck of a finish. I, I think so. That's, it really has been held up by the, the winds, you know, and the seas and stuff. And this has happened before. You know, one, one year was uh, good for the first five days and the last six days. So uh, it's just a, that's a, a neat thing about the tournament is the weather, weather is a, you know, can be a factor, but it's the, the length of the tournament gives you a lot of opportunity to go out and fish during the good, good times. You know, John, I entered the tournament, but I haven't had a chance to get out there and fish, but I'm hoping to, you know, before the deadline. Well, I hope you do too, Wendy. We'd love to see you on the, on the stand down there. And if you, you know, if you, caught, there. If, you caught, if you caught the largest yellowtail, you know, we, we'd weigh you in you know, on a fulcrum, and you'd get your weight in yellowtail pale ale. But, and, you can, and you can cheat. The only part you can cheat, you can put, you can put weight belts on. Does that mean that Wendy can I'm have a burrito? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. Hey, John. Sure everybody would stay to watch you being weighed in. All right. Hey, John, thanks a lot for that report. We'll keep uh, in contact with you to find out how the, the tournament is progressing. Thanks a lot 
for uh, bringing this together, bringing this tradition back to uh, San Diego here in the Yellowtail Derby. And uh, good luck to you this weekend. Good luck to all the fishermen that are out there fishing this event. Yes, sir. I wish them luck, too. It's a lot of fun doing this. So uh, all the best to all you guys, and uh, go out and get some big ones. All right. Thanks a lot. John Campbell, director of the 2017 Yelltail Derby. Hey, Chad, you were talking yeah. about specific techniques. i got to tell you a story. In fact, this just happened yesterday. <clears throat> I had a fellow coming in, and he was looking for uh, uh, words to fish uh, Yelltail with, and uh, you know, he was looking at the jigs and looking at uh, you know, the flat falls and everything, and he looks at the hookup baits, and he Looks at those and he goes, yeah, I, I don't think those things can catch yellowtail or anything like that. And no sooner <laughs> did he do this, but I got to tell you, this young lady came up and of the one and the one and a half ounce hookup baits, mm-hmm. she scooped up on 11 packs. <laughs> and she said she had just gotten back uh, uh, during the week from the islands. They used up every lure that they had. The yellowtail were chewing them up. They didn't want to run out of them because they were going to go out with them again today on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. obviously, if people think, well, hookup baits for trout or for sand bass or fish that are on the bottom, they've got another thought coming to them because, as you've proven yourself, mm-hmm. hookup baits also work on yellowtail. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that technique, especially maybe where you might be able to help out some of the people mm-hmm. that are listening to the show fishing in the 2017 yellowtail derby yeah that the yellowtail absolutely love them they like them just like the bass like them um but it is a different technique um you know the, like uh we went out to the islands last thursday and uh, we hooked four yellowtail um hooked uh you know they're all we hooked one at north island middle grounds and hooked two at south island um and it's basically you know they're all up right on top so you're just going to basically cast as soon as it hits the water, and it's a medium-fast retrieve, and then you got some rod movement also. You know, every time you, you jerk that rod, it's going to do a dart left or right. So you do a kind of a steady jerk every every reel, every other reel, pretty much. Every, every other crank of the reel, you jerk the rod, and that will give it a left and right, left and right jar, darting action. You know, and it's about the, the two-foot, you know, dart that goes back and forth. And then at that speed, the, the jig actually itself, you can do a crank, uh, just a straight wind on it, and it'll have a little vibration to it, just like a fish straight swimming has a little vibration to it, and you know, so you got that combined with the darting left and right, and then the, you know, also the, the size and color, those yellow tail can't resist them. Then also, if they're metering fish on, if they're getting the fish on the yo-yo, that's the versatility of these. So you can work it like a surface iron. If there aren't yo-yo fish, you go to the one and a half ounce, let that thing sink, sink down 100 feet or deeper, wherever the fish are, and do the same kind of retrieve, but you're just coming from the bottom up instead of across the top. I've gotten many, many yo tails doing both those retrieves, you know, from Mexico and our local waters. So. Well, a lot of people will look at the bait and they go, yeah, I don't know if I want to fish this uh, near the kelp, but with the technique that you're talking about, especially with a lot of that kelp right now that isn't at the surface, but you can see it maybe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 feet deeper down there. You can actually take the hookup bait and you can fish over the top of the kelp and you know darn well those fish are going to come out of those kelp frongs and, you know, 
attack oh, yeah. the bait. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just do the surface uh, retrieve, you know. But um, what I've learned, if you're fishing 25 pounds or heavier and you're in the kelp, you'll pull that hookup bait out of that kelp every single time. That The kelp will give before 25-pound line every time. You know, with a single hook, we'll rip out of that kelp. Unless you hook like the center of a yeah. main line, you know. You're going to lose any lure almost there. Uh, yeah, that yeah, but you know, most of the time you're catching the outskirts of the kelp, and it'll rip that single hook will rip out of that kelp every time. Now, you know, when you we were talking about uh, fishing uh, sand bass and halibut and where you were using more of the glide technique, you were using a spinning rod. Are you still using that same spinning rod for the uh, yellowtail? Absolutely. I don't even own a conventional rod anyway, anymore. <laughs> and uh, I used to be an iron thrower, you know, back in the day where I had a nine-foot Fenwick rod, you know, you know, cork wrap rod and all that stuff I threw my irons with. I just, uh, last year I had that stripped down and built into a spinning rod. <laughs> and uh, it's that, that jerking motion while you're cranking. That's the technique to get that darting and the you know the movement of the jig at the same time. That is just so much easier to do with a spinning outfit than it is a conventional outfit. You know, you know the conventional you just a straight wind. When you want to put rod movement and wind together, it is so much natural to do with a spinning reel. And that's where it really makes these lures dynamite. And plus, with the braided line we have, the smooth braided line we have nowadays, plus the spinning reels we that people are making nowadays. I mean, there's really no reason not to fish spinning reels for anything out on our coast. I mean, the East Coast has been doing it for years. When you're, it, it's when time you're, for us to catch the, up. When you're using a trout bait, one of the ways I, I like to retrieve that, instead of using the rod tip and bouncing it, you can stick out your index finger mm-hmm. so your line whips against your finger. Yeah, that's and, the old you turn the handle, And that'll give it a little jump and in, in an effect that uh, you can't do with the rod tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know, you've been listening to our special guest tonight in studio here, Chad Gerlich from Hookup Baits. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, though, we got to take a break right now, and I guess we'll give uh, Chad a break, too. Uh, uh, coming up next, Frank Orsetti from H&M Landing is going to be with us. Chad's going to be with us for the entire show, so he'll be in and out as we are speaking to our guest and adding uh, his comments. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866, so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. 
Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and our special guest, Chad Gerlich. We welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. And now it's time for the Doc Talk section, brought to you by H&M Landing out of San Diego here. And we have with us Captain Frank Ursetti, owner-operator of Ranger 85. Captain Frank, welcome back to Southern California. I know you've been traveling here the past few weeks, and welcome to the show. Holy smokes. Thanks for having me on tonight, John. Good evening, everybody. Hey, good evening. Hey, let's just, I, I want to talk a little bit about this because you just came back from Alaska. Stan and I will be going up to Alaska in, in June. I know you went up there, you did some fishing, but you were also up there to, to do something else. Just just briefly tell us about your Alaska trip. You know, uh, thanks for thanks for bringing that up, John. We went up to um, myself and a small, a small por- uh, portion of Phil's family, Phil Lobred's family, Phil, of course, had been the um, uh, one of the owners and the general manager of HM Landing for 36 years. And Phil came from Alaska. He was raised in Alaska, um, and he had a very special place that he wanted to end up in Alaska. So we went up and scattered his ashes on uh, Flat Top Mountain, which actually overlooks the entire Cook Inlet just above uh, downtown Anchorage. It was just uh, the most spectacular spot that anyone could ever want to be to spend eternity i guess it would be but it's just an absolutely commanding view it was um it was really a surreal ceremony it was just uh it was a beautiful beautiful event so and then of course after that we spent a few days covering a little bit of territory i think we put about 1500 miles on the car over three days traveling both north and south so we had an incredible incredible trip right. nice you know and and I, i've got to tell our uh, listeners and you've probably been more involved in it than I have, Frank, but if you've ever been to uh, the burial of sea, especially for someone that you've been close to or a special friend or a buddy or anything like that, it's it's probably one of the most moving ceremonies you could ever have. And, and I'm sure it was the same way for you up there in Alaska. Um, truly. And, and, you know, as an individual who's spent a lifetime on the water, it's uh, 
certainly the way that I'd like to go, though I have a couple of special requests that we won't get into here. But um, but it is. It's, it's, uh, it was really a, an incredible, incredible way to go. And, and that was my first trip to Alaska, I will say. And, and um, it was very, very just uh, it just inspiring. It was dramatic. It was just incredible, both the scenery. We didn't get to – we did get to fish. I spent a day fishing. I wanted to spend about 10 days fishing, but um, – <laughs> We uh, there's just never enough time, but we're already planning our next trip back. So it was just a it was an incredible time. Well, incredible time. Hey, well, you know, while you were gone too, the weatherman wasn't cooperating with us hardly at all when it came to fishing. But that sure has seemed to turn around this week. Maybe the weather is now going to be in our favor, and that we're going to start to see uh, uh, the counts on the boats. Uh, uh, you know, improving has that shown itself in the in the past few days? You know, I'm going to say yes and no, and you got that right. This is probably one of the most brutal Mays that we've had in in quite a few years. But it's it's a more normal May, right? It's springtime, and and it's just it's never good timing. But boy, I tell you what, it seemed like timing was set up the entire for the first three weeks of May to where. It was fairly decent during the week, and then come Thursday, Friday, somebody would flip a switch and the wind would start just howling and it would wipe out our weekends, which would certainly hamper the guys' efforts offshore. Uh, this was our first weekend of decent conditions, and uh, scores were up and down, primarily up, though, decent yellowtail fishing. The guys that were able to stretch their legs a little bit further, um, the overnight and some of the multi-day guys um, did a little bit better. Looked like um, scores were down just a little bit in the three-quarter day range, but that could turn around super easy real quick. Um, but I'm just looking at scores today. Again, it was a little bit down for, for three-quarter day guys, but the guys that were fishing uh, day and a half and beyond, uh, even some of the one-day guys fared very, very well in the yellows. So um, looked like there was a little bit of bluefin caught for one or two of the boats today, but by and large, yellowtail dominated, dominated the count. So... Um, fingers crossed. Let's hope that uh, let's hope that spring is working its way out, and conditions will begin to remain stable, and this water can start to do what it needs to do. You know, Frank. I also want to talk to you about uh, now that the weather is getting better. Uh, uh, more of the boats are going on out, offering uh, different rides. But uh, in particular, I want to talk. Unfortunately, the Malahini had to go in and has to go in for uh, a little unscheduled work, but. The fishermen are not going to miss a beat when it comes to three-quarter day fishing because you've really put someone uh, uh, in the breach over there that's uh, going to take your three-quarter day fishermen and, and show them what it's all about. Absolutely. And, and yeah, the Malahini is going to be up for, it looks like, maybe a couple of few weeks. No big deal. Um, it, it's, it's never a good time but it's, um, when it's unscheduled, but um, it's perfect right now because we do have a couple of guys that can fill in just ideally good pieces of equipment. We've got right now um, the Chief taking the three-quarter day run. Um, also filling in a little bit is going to be Kenny B on the Daiwa, which is really cool because you're fishing a boat that has it's going to have like a limited load on it. And then as we get into June, um, looks like uh, Chuck will be doing that with the Legend. So between wow. the three, we're going to be filling in. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's not going to be an issue at all. So. No, we're three-quarter day fishing from H&M. That's one of our hallmark runs at the landing. So without a doubt, we're still fishing. 
you know, especially going out on the Chief and the Legend, which uh, I've been out several times on both of those vessels. Man, what a premium trip that's going to be to go out on the boats, and I'm sure on the Daiwa too. And the reports that I've seen from the guys going out, they've been uh, uh, catching fish, and, uh, uh, you know, so you're not going to miss a beat. Uh, three-quarter day boat and let's hope the malahini gets uh uh you know back in the water too so they can take advantage of what looks like it's going to be setting up to be a really good season now what what are you seeing what are you hearing is there is there any uh word about what's happening a little further down the coast and what might be coming up our way frank well between it sounds scotty's on scotty hard's on the uh on the Top Gun this weekend, they're on a two and a half. They're down by um, Colnett, and it sounded like they were looking at at pretty decent schools of bluefin, although no reaction. Same thing for the guys, even locally. A couple, three, four days ago, I was just talking to one of the operators of one of the boats next door, um, and same thing. Those guys had a little bit of bluefin. That was even that was more local. Um, but not a whole lot of reaction. It sounded like today the Tribute had a little reaction out of one of those schools. I think they ended up with nine, eight or nine bluefin for the day along with their yellowtail. But guys are seeing this fish. The yellowtail, um, I, it sounds like, again, like I said earlier, on the local for the local guys, that fish just kind of went MIA, but the guys that were further down 70-plus miles didn't have any problem connecting. Um, again, I can't. I cannot tell you how much I've been on the phone with guys um, in the office every day, and they're just sort of, you know, concerned or worried and, you know, oh, my gosh, we're not catching any bluefin or we're not seeing anything. It's May. This is um, – we've been very, very fortunate the last couple of years. This is not normal what we've had the last couple of years. Um, I'm not concerned at all. What I see is a, is a real good setup. Um, we're seeing good. Um, we're seeing good signs of bait. We're seeing all that forage, which is critical to this fish moving in and sticking around. Um, I think things look very, very good. So it's just it's May. Keep you your know, just just everybody hang on. It's coming. It's uh, yeah, Frank, that's right. Don't, Frank, we uh, don't tell uh, us we, yet. We just had John Campbell give us a report on the 2017 Yellowtail Derby, and in the Tuna Division. <laughs> off an open-party boat, I believe it was the Malahini, there was a 105-pound bluefin tuna that was caught on April 29th. So that just goes to show just how odd this particular uh, season is. And who knows, this may be the new norm for a little while. I, I think that we're going to start to see a, 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 I think we're going to start to see, I don't want to say use the term recession, but we're going to, Start to see a transition back to normal, um, and, and right. I remember it was uh, the end of June when we when we had um, the offshore jackpot last year. Um, one of the boats that I hold dear to my heart, I think it was Ranger eighty five, ended up with a two twenty four <laughs> last year on a one day trip. A two hundred twenty four pound bluefin on a one day trip in that tournament. It's like it's that type of stuff is not normal. Don't get me wrong. That's knocking it out of the park. But it's, you know, we have to enjoy the good times while they're here, and then we have to kind of keep things in perspective as well. Don't get me wrong. It's good yellowtail fishing right now offshore. Great is, is mixed. Some of the fish we're seeing offshore is that smaller grade. Um, but, again, it's early, and that will transition as well. 
you know, Frank, there used to be some grumpy, bald-headed guy that used to run that major 85, and now I understand he's running a desk. Uh, when's he going to get behind the wheel? <laughs> pretty soon, pretty soon. Boat will be down here uh, very end of June. We're finishing up a two-day schedule up north right now, but we'll be down here at the end of June, and we've got a pretty aggressive schedule. Yeah, it used to be the fat old ball guy around the boat. Now we got one of those young, blonde haired blue-eyed guys that everybody seems to want to see up there behind the wheel more than me, so... Uh- we're gonna we're gonna keep them going. They're they're here to replace us, Frank. We just have to keep on fighting. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, Frank. Uh, <laughs> people are interested on what's happening at H and M Landing. Uh, the boats that are going out, the accessibility, the schedules. Uh, how can people do that? HMLanding.com. Click on that big green button on the home page that takes you right to our schedule. Every single day, we have a morning and an afternoon half day boat schedule. Three-quarter day, either offshore or fishing the Coronado Islands, depending upon where the best opportunity is. And then, of course, you'll notice on our schedule, we're getting pretty doggone diversified with an offshore trip offered every single night. And as we get into June, we'll start to have day-and-a-half trips midweek and, of course, every single weekend, as well as multi-days. HMLanding.com or... If you want to do it the good old-fashioned way, I love talking to our customers every single day, 619 222-1144. Give Frank us a Rossetti. call. We'll be happy to talk and let you know what's going on on the water and get you on board. Frank Rossetti, thanks a lot for being with us, giving up some of your Sunday. Great report. We look forward to talking to you in the upcoming weeks. All right, John. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Have a good okay. rest of your weekend. All right, take it easy. Frank. All right. Uh, Chad, j- just quickly, uh, you know, tuna coming along, hookup mm-hmm. baits, uh, you think uh, hookup bait's going to work on tuna? <laughs> I've caught them last year. A few, few other people have caught them. Um, just uh, recently, in the last uh, month or two, when the tuna were up here biting, two of my guys that I've previously taught how, you know, they're not veteran fishermen. They're pretty new guys that, you know, that I've learned, taught them how to use the hookup baits and this and that, and they caught on. They uh, decided to jump out on the Malheny one day just to go see what the, you know, they basically went out just, they had nothing to do. Let's go jump on the Malahini. And the guys on Malahini, you know, they had the hookup baits gear on. They're, oh, hookup baits. Yeah, we're going to be chasing tuna today. Interested to see how they're doing. They got on the first boil fish. Um, I think uh, there was maybe only four or five tuna hooked. Three of them were the, my two guys throwing the hookup baits. So. Wow. And that was, you know, I think there was one on a flat fall. No one else got a hit on a flat fall. And maybe one on bait. And then there's three or four of them hooked on the hookup bait. So. Then from there they went and hit the kelp patty yellowtails and of course they just destroyed, destroyed those them. Guys. You know, one one of the things I noticed the hookup baits and and what really lights the fishermen up, the fishermen that are not necessarily as uh, uh, prolific as going going on out or they know about techniques or they don't have a mindset on what they want to do. This is a new bait that's coming on out. They've seen the YouTube or they've listened to the salesman how to go out and fish it, and they go out and they fish it, and they find out, holy heck, I can go out there and I can hold my own with anybody on the boat mm-hmm. and and just have a great time. And I want to thank you because hookup baits have just opened up a world of fishing to fishermen that that are not as experienced as some of us older guys. Exactly, uh, it, especially for the yelltail stuff. You know, it, you know, everybody always admired the guys on the front of the boat throwing the big eight foot nine foot jig sticks and the irons and catching yellowtail and this and that and you know all these guys are good sticks not everybody can do that you know and be able to cast an iron on a you know and get the distance you need and everything else 
The hookup baits are shaped like a bullet, and they fly like a bullet. And you can fish them on a spinning reel. It's preferred to fish on a spinning reel. So any guy can get set up with an 8-foot rod, that 8,000-size reel, fill that sucker to the brim with, you know, 50-pound braid, put some fluorocarbon leader on there, and you go out to the front of that boat, and you'll be casting that one, one-and-a-half-ounce hookup bait just as far as these guys casting surface irons, you know, if not farther, because the way they fly and everything else, and working it basically same uh, same technique, just instead of cranking, you're adding some rod motion, and you're going to be hooking up just as much, you know, sometimes more. Depends. All right, that's Chad Gerlich. Uh, he's the uh, owner of Hookup Baits. Hey, guys, we got to take a break right now. Stan, Wendy, and I... We'll be back after these messages, but coming up, don't touch that dial. We're going to have the deputy director for the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Lynn Sadler is going to be with us. Stay tuned. You're going to want to hear what the department is doing for you. We'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main and el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el if the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at boatcalifornia.com. Are you looking for a quality fishing experience out of Cabo San Lucas for you, your family, and friends, but are a bit set back with just what company to go with? Rod and Reel Radio urges you to try American and family-owned Land's End Charters. Land's End Charters offer their clients affordable and all-inclusive services on a variety of vessels and trips. Fish with their brand-name fishing gear while experiencing the hospitality of a family-run business with over 50 years of experience. Go to LandsEndCharters.com to see all the current vessels and amenities available and call Cabo Greg or Jenny directly at 800-281-5778 when you're ready to get fishing. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app by texting the word REEL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words code group in the App Store on your smartphone. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career, and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Stan, Wendy, and I, we want to welcome you all back to Rod Real Radio. Hey, our next guest, I am just happy to, to really bring her aboard. She's the Deputy Director for the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways, Ms. Lynn Sadler. Lynn, welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you so much, John. Hey, uh, let, me, let me just ask you this. California Department of Boating and Waterways, it, it seems like kind of a, an innocuous department. Just, just tell us a little bit about some of Lightly, before we get into some details, what's the mission statement of uh, the department, and how does it affect us uh, as just the regular people that uh, just want to go out and fish and water ski and just have fun on the water? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. We are actually a division of California State Parks, and our mission is safe and convenient um, recreational boating throughout the state of California. Um, we are, um, we work on, um, a number of things, but boating safety and boating access are the big issues that affect most of the boaters in California. We, uh, provide, uh, both guidance and funding for boating facilities around the state, uh, Shelter Island being one down by you that's just, uh, recently had some attention, but there's also 20 aquatic centers down there that we help fund. And uh, we also have a huge uh, boating safety programs that help keep people safe throughout the state. And um, there's a, a new program under that uh, effort called the California uh, Boater Card that I have a feeling that, that folks are going to want to talk about. Yeah, well, let's talk about a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank you and the department for the funding that you're coming on up with the launch ramp down here in San Diego, the Shelter Island launch ramp. The uh, uh, department has is contributing the lion's share of the money to get that improved. So on behalf of all of us that have launched at that launch ramp for the past 50 years, 
thank you, and especially over the past few years. It really needs improving, and thank you for coming up with the funding for that. Well, it's our pleasure, and of, of course, you know, that was um, the boat launch was uh, first constructed in, in uh, the 1950s, and it was just one concrete lane at that time. And then uh, in the mid-1970s, it was made the 10-lane boat launch ramp that's there today. And as you can imagine, since that time, uh, with 50,000 launches a year, um, it needed a little bit of attention. So we're glad to be able to help with the repairs, and um, we'll be replacing the boat uh, launch ramp and um, replacing the apron and the boarding floats and adding gangways on each side of the ramp, as well as creating a concrete kayak staging area and making it um, more accessible for folks who are um, more limited in their abilities. So I think it's going to be a wonderful new facility, and we are grateful for the uh, partnership of the Wildlife Conservation Board, who also provided some funding to help um, get this repaired. So well, you know, um, This isn't, though, the, uh, the only projects that you funded. I know over the years... A lot of the fishermen here, the freshwater fishermen in San Diego, may not realize it, but it's the California Department of Boating and Waterways that helped funded a lot of the launch ramps that we see today, especially at uh, El Capitan and, and Lake Hodges and uh, Otai and a few other places. But there is funding going out for numerous projects all throughout the state of California that the public takes advantage of. Absolutely. I mean, we say if you can a boat launch ramp or a marina, the odds are very high that the Division of Boating and Waterways provided the funding for it. Now, what we talk about funding, you know, it, it used to be I thought that the funding for the department came as a portion of the gas tax that we, uh, we pay here in the state of California, and I guess that's kind of changed over, over the years. Tell us about where the funding for these projects come from now. Well, it does come from the gas tax. It also comes from vessel registration fees, but it also comes from interest on loans for marinas. We provide loans uh, both to public entities and to private entities to build and repair marinas, and the interest on those loans is another source of funding. All right. Hey, another one of the topics that you mentioned in this is one of the hot topics that's coming along right now. It's the uh, California Boater uh, Card Program, that everything that's involved with us. You know, kind of put this in a, a concise package for us, what it's all about, you know, how it came about, and, you know, what's going to be down the road for us in the future with regards to this program. Absolutely. So the California Boater Card um, uh, I don't actually know where it, the whole idea of it first started because it is um, there's some form of voter education in almost every state. And, in fact, uh, I think there were only six states that didn't have um, some form of, of mandatory education uh, in order to operate a boat. And I think the idea of that started 
was much like the idea of, say, a driver's license. You are operating a uh, motorized vessel, and it's a good idea to know how to do it safely, not only for your own uh, benefit, but also so you don't harm uh, someone else. And so um, in uh, 2014, Governor Brown signed a bill that prohibits the operation of any motorized uh, vessel in California without a valid voter voter card. And that card is, unlike a um, driver's license, that card is a lifetime card. You take uh, an approved course. It has to be nationally and state approved. And to get a list of those, you can go on our website. Um, at um, CaliforniaVoterCard.com, and and you take the exam, and then you get a card that's good for life, and um, you must have that card on you. If you are stopped, uh, you will be checked to see if you have uh, if you have that card. And there are a few exceptions, but um, it it applies to most folks, and it is being phased in over the next um, seven years. So this January, if you're 20 years of age or younger, you will need the card. And then next year, 25 years of age or younger, and so on, uh, up until 2025 when everyone will need it regardless of age. And there is a grandfathering uh, provision if you have already taken a voter-approved course between uh, January 1st of 2015 and the end of 2017, you can um, apply to um, receive the, the, uh, the card based on the certificates from those courses. Now, there's also um, a, a, a voter safety uh, courses that are obviously will have to be taken with the exception of those people that are exempt and there are a number of ways, though, that they can fulfill this requirement for taking the safety course, are there not? Yes, there are. There are a number of courses. Um, of course, the state of California offers one. Uh, you can order a booklet, take the exam, and uh, then apply for a card. Or you can go through uh, a number of commercial companies that are out there offering this course. And um, you can choose uh, whichever one suits you best, uh, whether you prefer more interactive online, whether you prefer it, uh, you know, written in a book. However, it works best for you. We try to make it easy and affordable. Uh, Some of the courses are free um, so that you can uh, take the course and be educated and um, get your card and... um, uh, know what you need to know to be safe and keep other people safe in California waters. Well, you know, it obviously seems ridiculous that you get someone that's behind a boat, a wheel for the first time, think that they're automatically going to know everything that needs to know. And, and Stan, you can probably chime in here as being the one of the biggest insurers of boats here in the, in the state of California, how this might help uh, when uh, bring down not only accidents, but maybe even uh, to uh, keep uh, insurance premiums down. Stan, are you there? Well, 
<laughs> I think we'll probably find that that would be the case. So it's going to be on a declining scale. So in the next 70 years, I mean, the next seven years, uh, uh, people that are 60 years old or younger will need this card. And, and I can't see it as being uh, just a, a completely... Um, thing that is that is really needed because of the fact that you get behind the wheel of a boat and take off is is just really kind of ridiculous. Well, the U.S. Coast Guard accident data shows that states with uh, boating safety education have fewer accidents and fatalities than states without that. And in um, 2015, uh, in California, there were. Uh, 724 vessels involved in accidents, and 49 boaters died. Uh, And then in addition to that, there were 232 boaters that were injured severely enough that it went beyond uh, first aid. So um, only one of the boater operators involved in fatal accidents had taken an approved uh, safety course. So it is, of course, our hope that that this is going to uh, reduce the number of accidents and keep people safer. Deputy Director uh, Stan, we got Stan now. Stan, I'm sorry we had lost you for a minute, but we were talking about the the possibility of uh, with more people taking the safety courses and being better better educated behind uh, what to do behind the wheel of a boat. That might be something that will keep premiums down. Well, the possibility is there. What they've got to do is once they get it in, in into force and they start uh, making mandatory to have that, the insurance companies kind of have to see proof. <clears throat> so it'll take some test driving time on the water to see that there is some validity to it. Although I think that that's something that has been needed for a long, long time. Probably the biggest boat problems we have out there, boating problems on the water, you know, safety-wise are caused a lot of times not by the, the boaters, it's jet seas, the personal watercraft, because <clears throat> they're pretty much out of control. They just do anything that they want to in front of your boat, and then next thing you know, they're, they're off the jet ski, and it's still under power doing rotations in the middle of the lake, and you're trying to dodge that. So there's been lots of different things, but still having people know how to properly even launch the boats has been would be good but yeah. the the um deputy uh, director stan mentioned uh, personal uh, watercraft and i know kayakers and things like that uh, a lot of the accidents occur with them do you know if the uh, uh the safety classes and the cards will also be required by uh, these people using the water absolutely if you are operating a motorized vessel which includes personal watercraft or jet skis, as they are known, you will need this card. All right. Hey, uh, do you think, I have a question. Do you think that? uh, Wendy, we got to take a break. Can that wait until after the break? Sure. All right. Hey, we are speaking with the deputy director for the uh, California Department of Boating and Waterways, the division of the state parks and recreation uh, here in California. Stan, Wendy, Chad, Mm -hmm. and... Lynn Sandler, Deputy Director. We're going to take a break right now. Stay tuned. There's still more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. 
Love California, Boat California, Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey, everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. If the fish are biting, I'm on my boat, rain or shine. Of course, I wear my life jacket. It's like wearing a seatbelt. Clip it on, grab my tackle box, and hit the water. Love California. Boat California. Save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Dan, Wendy, Chad, and I, we want to welcome everyone back to Ron Real Radio. Our special guest uh, for this hour is Deputy Director of the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways, Lynn Sadler. Lynn, again, welcome to the show, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, Wendy, I'm sorry I'd cut you off. You were coming up uh, with a question for the Deputy Director. Yes, I wanted to know if you thought that maybe um, eventually they will have some sort of voters driving test you know i don't know that's a really good question um i think it's a a good idea for folks to work with experienced voters and learn how to manage their boat um but this particular course is all uh um uh, written exam based right yeah, because I just wonder, because, you know, a lot of times when I'm out there, there's a lot of guys that do not know how to drive their boats. Not kidding you know, there. It, it, that <laughs> can be a real mess. <laughs> it just it just doesn't seem to be something that's instinctive uh, in, in our species, that's for sure. And, and you know, uh, Deputy Director, I, I am just amazed because when I, I see the statistics of the accidents, and even more tragically, the fatalities when it comes to boating accidents, how many of them could have been uh, 
avoided just by wearing, you know, safety vests, life vests, and oh, staying away I from alcohol. Know. It's it's crazy. <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, the vast majority of people who uh, die in accidents could have been saved if they had been wearing a, a life vest. And certainly uh, the use of alcohol plays a big role in accidents. But I will also bring up that this this particular year, not so much there in Southern California, but as people are traveling north, we're um, asking them to be very, very aware of their skill sets and the water. This year, water is high, it's flowing fast, and it's extremely cold. And... Um, People aren't, a lot of folks uh, for the last several years have been dealing with drought conditions and they are not prepared for cold water. And cold water shock is definitely a concern. Um, When people hit hit cold water, they um, uh, often have a gasp reflex. And if you're underwater and you gasp, that's not a good uh, combination, as you can imagine. And people are unaware of how quickly they will lose their strength in cold water. Um, Obviously, wearing a life jacket provides some warmth. Wearing appropriate gear uh, provides some warmth. But if folks aren't skilled enough to be in a boat and be pretty darn sure they're going to stay in that boat, uh, we're urging people to consider that this might not be the best year for uh, experimenting in in cold water. You know, the other part is people don't understand that not all boats float. Uh, depending on the year, make and model of your your hull, some years back when they did not add flotation unless it was over 20 foot long. So a lot of the smaller boats had a little or no flotation in them, and that's even worse. Uh, you get people in cold weather, especially when you're going in, into the altitudes, and you, they're wearing a lot of clothing and no life jacket, and that's even worse. So that there's there's things Ab- you just got to take absolutely. consideration and be careful when you're out there. And even in my particular case, I'm learning to use a new kayak, and I have not yet learned to self rescue uh, from deep water. I have to go to shore and kind of hoist myself on it and figure it out because I'm still learning it. And um, so I don't have any business taking that kayak out right now in cold in this cold fast high water i need to save that for uh, a warmer time you know deputy director let's talk a a little bit about uh one of the things that uh, the department does and that's the boating since we're talking about boater safety it's what you do to reach out to the community when it comes to boater safety we reach out in a lot of ways. We have a um, uh, a campaign that uh, reaches out through radio. I've been hearing the ads during the breaks. That's one of the ways. There are billboards. There are signs on pump-out stations. There's marina signs. Um, there's uh, that sort of media outreach. Then there's social media outreach. And, in fact, there's a great um, app if people are interested in it for their mobile phones. And that's at BoatCalifornia.com. Um, and you can do things like find out where the nearest pump-out station or the nearest boating facility is. 
You can also file a float plan so you tell people where you're going and when you could be expected back. Um, and then there's all sorts of tips on that app for you. We um, also reach out to people very directly when they're young. Um, there are 20 aquatic centers in uh, Southern California that we are funding, and those provide classes for stand-up paddle boarding, kayaking, sailing, and also, I think most importantly, just how to be safe in the water, how to read water and how to be safe, um, how to be aware perhaps of when storms are coming um, or what other conditions that might uh, affect folks, what the rules of navigation are. And those are taught through these aquatic centers. We reach um, uh, around 30,000 children in the uh, Southern California, and a good portion of those children are um, underserved. They wouldn't have had this opportunity except for these programs. And... um, you know, one of the uh, things I, I also heard was a that you were involved with a life jacket uh, trade-in uh, program. What's that? Absolutely, about? really. Okay. So there's, there's there's two programs. We have what's called a life jacket trade-in, and that is going on. In fact, I think there's one at Mission Bay this on the 27th, and then um, on that same day at Crown Cove and at Long Beach. So if your life jacket is worn out or if you've outgrown it, let's hope that's children for children and not us adults who've outgrown it. <laughs> and uh, you can take it in and trade it in for one that is in good shape. And then we also have programs through local fire departments and other facilities that are loaner programs. So when you are out on the beach and you may see a big board with life jackets hanging on it, That's usually a loaner program that you can go um, uh, sign in and be loaned a life jacket uh, while you're recreating, and then you return that at the end of that time. So that's another way that we are working to keep people safe. Yet another way is that we provide funding for local law enforcement agencies, and we provide funding for uh, personnel and for equipment, and we also provide training. So say you're a brand-new police officer who's being assigned to um, enforce maritime law and you don't know how to operate a boat necessarily or how to um, uh, bring yourself up quickly out of the water when you have on all your full gear, your your, um, bulletproof vest and your gun and everything else, there are, way, there are ways of training uh, police officers that help them deal with those situations, and those are some of the things that we um, provide training in. We provide training in accident investigation or another interesting one that I was fascinated in uh, about that I'd never thought of is boating under the influence. It, I had not stopped to think about the, the traditional ways of assessing inebriation, such as asking you to walk a line, for example, don't work. Uh, For boaters, they're on a boat. They're not going to walk anywhere. And I never thought about that. And so um, there's very different protocols. And and learning um, 
how to do those uh, um, is important for police officers, and that's yet another course that we offer. Wow. You know, I, I'm just beginning to really fully appreciate the, the length and breadth that the California Department of Boating and Waterways has. It, it's, just, <clears throat> it's just not some type of agency that is, is sitting there and a touchy-feely good type of thing. You're actually getting out in the community, educating people, uh, and, and promoting safety, and especially starting with the younger uh, people that this is ingrained in them that boating safety isn't something that happens by accident. You've got to be prepared for it. And if, if you're going fishing, you don't, you, you know, you prepare your tackle, uh, you bring all the things that you need, and if you're boating, you've got to make sure that everybody aboard knows how to handle the situation and and how to be cognizant of what's happening on the water because, you know, no one goes out expecting to have an accident, but if unfortunately it does happen, you got to be prepared for it like anything else. That is absolutely the case, and there are all kinds of um, educational materials available and on our, our website. Uh, just If you just Google California Division of Boating and Waterways, you will be able to uh, find answers to all kinds of questions that you might have that could help keep you safer uh, this boating season. Right. Well, Deputy Director, I can't thank you enough for being with us and, and helping educate and inform our listeners and actually create a consciousness that, yeah, you know, we like to go out and we like to water ski and we like to fish and we, we like to kayak and we like to do all these things when it comes to the waters of California, but we want to do it safely because if it's not done safely, all of a sudden the fun factor that's involved there really goes down in a hurry and you've got a lot of other problems to worry about. Yes, that is the case. And our, as I said at the beginning, our mission is for people to have safe, convenient, and enjoyable water recreation. And um, we invite people to take advantage of what we have to offer, and we hope that that will help um, help us accomplish our mission. And also, we want to thank all of our partners, because we don't do any of this alone. You know, the aquatic centers help us get the word out. We work with different nonprofits, as I said, with um, fire departments, police uh, agencies, and partners like you who help us get the word out and let people know um, that they can be safe in the water and it isn't hard. Uh, just a few tips can make everyone get home safely. You know, I think with that the the test situation that will be upcoming here is you're, you're uh, required to actually take a test to, to learn more and get, you know, some education before you get into a boat. A lot of people just buy one and think, you know, I can go do this, and it's just foolish. Um, but I think that at just that alone will get people more aware of, you, of your uh, what you're doing and, and what's available to them. Well, we certainly hope so. Um, that is the goal of the voter card for people to uh, learn the rules but also learn what resources are available, um, as I said, to help keep them safe. Now, we have a link on ronreelradio.com to the California Department of Boating and Waterways, but 
Uh, Deputy Director, just in case, where can people go to get the up-to-minute information on the voting cards, the trade-in programs, all the different aspects that the department offers that that people can take advantage of? VoteCalifornia.com. That sounds pretty simple to me, ma'am. Thank you very much for (laughs) being with us tonight. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, that's about the simplest thing I've heard of in a long time in dealing with the uh, state of California. VoteCalifornia.com. Great job. Deputy Director, thanks for being with us. Thank you. All right. Hey, Chad, I know you got in the water a lot, and I saw you nodding your head that uh, uh, some of the people need a little more common sense when they're out there in the water. You, you, <laughs> you look at them and go, what the heck are oh, you thinking? Oh, yeah. I'm on the water two to three days every week, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we all seen it. It's like, what is this guy doing driving a boat? And Stan is right. The jet skiers or, or personal watercraft are always the worst. You know, and Stan probably as as an insurance agent for so many boats, uh, not only here in California but throughout the country, I'm sure every once in a while there's paperwork that crossed your desk and you sit there and you scratch your head and you go, what? Oh, over and over and over again. But it's uh, 90% of the problems that that are out there. I mean, we get the guys that are uh, foolishly speeding in areas like on the Delta, for instance, you know, and, and they know better, uh, and, you know, we have fatalities uh, that happen because of that. But the, the foolishness and the stupidities, I mean, that, that happens out there on the water is sometimes really blatant. I'll tell you what, the, the first day, first nice day of the year in spring, when it's warm and everybody breaks out the boat and they offload all the stuff that's loaded on it in the garage and, the first thing they do is put the ice chest and the beer in there and they head for the launch ramp. If you ever went to the launch ramp and watched the Saturday circus of people trying to launch their boat that, don't, that aren't boating guys that do it on a regular basis, it is absolutely crazy how many things happen on the launch ramp, mm-hmm. just the launch ramp alone. Yeah, and you yeah. know that that person is going to be on the water just a little later on. You just kind of have to shake your head. I'm not going to go fishing that day because it can be really, really bad. And as Deputy Director Sadler said, with all this uh, runoff coming off the mountains, uh, the uh, snow melt and everything like that, a lot of our waters are a lot cooler. And as you get into these warmer days and it's 80, 85, 90 degrees, you think, hey, I've got to jump in the water and just cool off a little bit. Well, the water can still be awful cold, and that can create a problem, too. You know, that's really, and this year, I mean, look at our snowpack. It's 50 feet. Um, They're going to be snow skiing on the 4th of July. So, you know, (laughs) take into consideration, watch the rivers, watch the lakes. I mean, be aware of what you're doing. Uh, I think the boating course, the safety course, or the boating course to get your, kind of like your boating pass, if you want to call it, not a license, but... uh, will be good because there's so many people that don't think about, hey, I can just drive this boat in a straight line and go around and not worry about who's behind me or what's in front of me, especially with the jet skiers because they can just do anything they want. They'll go out there and hop your wake. They look for your wake so they can hop over and fall off their jet ski, and then the jet ski is an unmanned vehicle still under power, and it goes in a circle out there, 
And if you're trying to miss the guy in the water and hit the jet ski, it's your fault. That's, right. real, that's really wrong, but that's how it is. So there's a lot of things that this will start. You know, I think it's a really good start, uh, educating the people about safety, especially the jet skiers. Um, that's the start because most of those people are younger. Uh, right. And get, get some continuity on the water lines. Hey, we're going to try and uh, switch uh, lanes right now. And, Jorge, why don't you uh, drop that last uh, uh, bank of commercials. Uh, do we have Captain Kirk from Alaska on with us? Okay. Hey, why don't we do that? We're going to take a break. We'll try and get a hold of Captain Kirk from Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. Stay tuned. There's still more Ron Real Radio to come. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin 6 ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at Chief Sport Fish Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Don't you just love California in the summer? Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket and make sure the people you love wear one too. Love California, boat California, save California. Share the love at BoatCalifornia.com. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program it is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. 
Rotten Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Stan, Wendy, Chad, and I, we want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Well, we're going to change directions right now. We're going to go to the far north, Craig, Alaska. And with us is Captain Kirk from Sure Strike Lodge in Craig, Alaska. Captain Kirk, how the heck are you up there? Doing good, John. How's things down there? Man, it is 90 Probably degrees. Than up there. It's, yeah, it's balmy. Uh, but I uh, tell you, we are going to be visiting you in a couple of weeks uh, Tell me, from all indications, uh, what can we be looking forward to when we come up there and visit you at Sure Strike Lodge? Well, uh, the weather's been a little bit sketchy lately, although uh, I have some buddies here. They're just getting ready to leave tomorrow morning, and the uh, first three days were actually really nice. And the last day, we kind of hit a storm in here, but uh, the fishing's been decent. Uh, we've had a lot of salmon around here about the last three, four months, and it's, it's looking promising for the season here. Uh, halibut are still moving in, so we got we got some decent decent halibut on this trip, and uh, they're they're pretty happy with the outcome. Good lean cod fishing, good bottom fishing all around. You know, Captain Kirk, I've I've got one of the lure manufacturers here, uh, uh, Chad Gerlich from Sure Strike Lodge, and we are catching a lot of bottom fish, a lot of halibut with his uh, hookup baits. And, mm-hmm. and Chad, do you think uh, that we might be able to catch an Alaskan ling or an Alaskan halibut on a short strike? <laughs> on a hookup bait. Yeah, hookup bait <laughs> at short strike lodge. Yes, um, I got those specially made three and four ounce eight inch baits. I'll definitely set you up with we're, a few before you go. We're going to bring some prototype stuff up there, uh, uh, Captain Kirk, and we're going to see uh, if uh, we can uh, catch some fish on it. I can't tell you how much we're looking forward to coming up and seeing you there. That's going to be a good time. We'll have a blast. Yeah, just tell us in general, tell us just quickly about Sure Strike Lodge. Uh, how did you ever get it located in Craig, Alaska? Because looking at the map, uh, you know, I, 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 can, I can find Ketchikan. i got to search a little bit more for Craig. How would you ever locate up there, sir? Well, I grew up in Southern Cal, you know that, uh, Redondo Beach, and came up here in the late 80s and loved it and stayed. I, I just I met a guy on a trip down there who, who happened to work up here, and he told me about it, and I was kind of due for a change that summer, so I said, let's go to Alaska. A friend of mine came up here with me, and uh, we, we fell in love with it and stayed. And tell me, you know, Craig is a little further south than some of the all other lodges that you hear about and. uh and Alaska, does that give you a longer uh, fishing season or what? Uh, not necessarily, but, uh, you know, it's a unique area. We've, we've got, like, a lot of islands here. If you, if you, like, took all the Channel Islands and put them all together, you would have southeast Alaska, this area. It would be just a chain of islands here. So you've got a lot of area where you can move in and out of the weather, and uh, it's just a really good fishing area in general. It's, it's, it's been good. I mean, I've been up here since 1987, and it's, it's still good fishing up here. You know, you have the seasons where the, you know, the cohos come in, the kings, or the, the silvers, or the pinks. Or, uh, do you have the different arenas that they come through at different times of the year? Absolutely. You come up here. You come up here in June and have a different trip from July or August. I mean, it's different every throughout the season. Right now, we're catching king salmon, and the 
the king salmon fishing just gets better and better. It's been decent king salmon, you know. Uh, the guys all got their, they all limited out on their trip here. We released some fish, but uh, uh, what is your limit? Better, it just gets better. About Memorial Day weekend, it usually busts loose and uh, it, it just picks up, and then you'll start seeing coho about uh, mid to late June. They'll start kind of trickling in, and by Fourth of July weekend, they're usually biting like gangbusters. Yeah, Stan, you had a question again. Well, I was going to say, what's the average size of your kings? And and uh, the, right now you're saying your king season. And do you have a second one? Do you have a second run of the kings too? They'll run. Uh, they'll run all the way into September. Sometimes it, they'll just stay good. It, the king fishing will stay good here. It just gets better and better, and it'll peak usually around late July, and they'll start tapering off. Sometimes it's good all the way into September. We've left them biting at the end of the season before. We can wow. still get. What's the size of those fish? Excuse me? What's the size of your kings? Oh, right now they're averaging mid-teens to low-20s. And there's been a few bigger fish caught, but, uh, you know, they're they're pretty much school-sized fish right now, that mid-teens to low-20s. You know, uh, Captain Kirk, I know we made our arrangements to come up and uh, visit with you uh, a long time ago uh, last year. I know you fill up in a hurry because you get... Not only, you know, new customers come, but you get a tremendous response from people that have already been up there. How are you looking for bookings this year? Do you have, do you have room for any more? And, and if so, where can people go to, to check out, uh, you know, Sure Strike Lodge? Uh, bookings have been good. Uh, we've still got a few openings in the later part of August that we could uh, fill still. Uh, uh, if you want to check us out, you can check us out at uh, surestrikelodge.net and check out our website. All right. Well, Captain Kirk, as I say, we look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, bringing up uh, some of our uh, our friends here from Southern California. And we're going to even try to do a little broadcast uh, from the lodge if uh, they can get us off the water in time to do it. And uh, I'm just looking forward to coming on up there and being part of the old, the whole experience, and and especially experiencing the hospitality that you and Katie uh, offer your your guests there at Sure Strike. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate that. I uh, yeah. look forward to seeing you guys up here. All right. I'll be in contact with you before that. And thanks a lot for taking some okay, time to be with us, Captain you. Kirk. All right. Sounds like you lost them. Yeah, it sounds like we did. Well, Alaska hey, is great. You're going to absolutely fall in love with, with Alaska, and and I mean, in the summertime, there are areas where you'll go around the islands and you'll think you're in Maui. Yeah, it's cool. man. Hey, just one more uh, thing. We got uh, Chad Gerlich with us from Hookup Baits, and Chad, you just want to talk a little bit more about the difference between fishing tournaments and just going out and fun fishing and, and what you've learned in that, that time that you've been doing that. Yeah, it's been a really cool experience for me. You know, I've been heavy into fishing for many, many years, like many of us have, and, you know, considered me, myself, as a good fisherman. And I basically started doing these, you know, tournaments, and so I just went straight to the top and started doing the, you know, the professional bass stuff or the highest level saltwater bass stuff. And, uh, and... You know, just figuring, you know, with my ability, I can compete and then expect to really 
win and stuff, but I can compete. And it was a great test for my lures. You know, this is like for the place to test them, see how they compare. This is the place to do them. And what I have found, fishing tournaments teach you so much. This, your knowledge and your ability to catch more fish and everything else is what is just blowing me away. And at every tournament, I will learn probably three times, three to five times more just fishing a tournament day than just fishing a regular day of fishing, you know. And that is, you know, I just wanted to kind of spread the word. Tournament fishing teaches you how to fish better. I mean, it's just like the heck you mentioned when we were talking about it. It's anything you do. You're in a bowling league, you just bowl. But once you join that league, then you really bowl. You know, it's the same thing with regular fishing and tournament fishing, you know. And, and you know, it's blessed where, you know, a lot of guys like, oh, I can fish tournaments. Well, yeah, I, I started fishing tournaments. Now we are leading the, you know, uh, the saltwater bass series in the points, you know, we're at the top of the leaderboard now in our first year's fishing tournaments, you know, so it's just really awesome and a great way to learn how to be a better fisherman. You and know? Stan, I know you can attest to that, especially fishing in teams, because you're going to have two great fishermen that are out there fishing, and they come together as a team, and sometimes they just don't click, and they don't fish as well as they should. So it, it's really an art, tournament fishing, and especially tournament team fishing. But, you know, I'll tell you what, that it's the best, it can be the best and the worst. But you're right. If you've got the right guy that you think well and you work well together, a lot of times thinking like if you're a good fisherman, you get another good fisherman that thinks well, you know, as far as the bass fishing or your, your bay fishing goes, you know, you both think alike and you can work that out as a team. It really can be great fun at one, and you're going to learn a lot. Like you said, you're going to learn more. Uh, out there fishing in these tournaments because there's so many different styles and techniques and places and and ways to fish areas uh, that you you learn that you'll never know unless you go. So uh, the, one of the best things a guy could ever do is be an amateur in the back of a pro's boat for three years, and at the end of that point in time, he's going to be a phenomenally great fisherman because he's got had such a learning curve. So All right. if you've got Find yourself your best buddy that you like to fish with, fish with and jump in. All right. Now, uh, good advice, Dan. Now, Chad, if uh, fishermen can't find hookup baits in their local area, where can they go to see the complete selection and to buy them? Now, hookupbaits.com is uh, pretty I mean, simple. Yeah, we have a great website there, and it's easy to pick what you want and get them there and we ship them to you priority mail so you get them quick all right chad thanks a lot for being with us tonight all right thank you by the way i used your baits in one of my tournaments uh in the last three years that i've had and Uh with because the shad were up and they were bouncing against some some of the rocky steep stuff and threw the your your bait up there and helped me win some money so thank you very much all right well i think that's going to be (laughs) happening more in the future hey stan wendy chad that's it for tonight. We've already gone over time. Thanks a lot, Jorge, for, you know, you know, I know you had a rough schedule for being with us tonight. Ben, thanks a lot. Always in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McHugh. You, the listening audience, thanks a lot for being with us tonight. We'll be back next Sunday night on AM 540, live at 5.05 p.m. Until then, everyone from Ron Real Radio wishes you a great weekend. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Gone fishing. Ah, you know. But there's a sign upon your door.